morning. Well, it's great to be up here this morning. Great to be with you. I did want to start off by saying thank you for your prayers uh, for the Smith family. Uh, we have definitely appreciated. We have felt the prayers. Uh, we've had a lot of good results, too, from, you know, as many of you know, Bethany was diagnosed with cancer at the beginning of the year. And so it has definitely been a, a journey this year for us. And so we have certainly needed the prayers, me and my wife and my uh, little two-and-a-half-year-old. Uh, and, and I'll probably get emotional if I start talking about it too long, so I won't talk too long about it. But certainly appreciate the love in this room, uh, your prayers. It's been great to see God work. God worked through the, uh, the medical crew, the, the medicines, and, and we've had really good results from the chemo uh, working on the cancer. So uh, that's, that's an amen to God. We can definitely be uh, thankful to God about that. And uh, she still has radiation coming up in August and September, so please be praying uh, for that. But, but so far, really great results, and we know that it's God's working. I mean, even our doctor, when she came to, to tell us about the, the report, she was just giddy. So it, it was cool to see. That's not what you want to see. You don't want to see a surgeon, like, giddy before. Um, but um, you kind of want a doctor who's serious when you're dealing with these kind of things. But, uh, but it was good to see. Uh, her delighted in what uh, God had even done through us. So definitely appreciate uh, your prayers and, and the work and, and everybody helping out in so many ways, bringing us food, uh, coming over and cleaning. Uh, so really have helped out with that uh, just, just tremendously, and, and we want to thank you. Uh, BTW, uh, this is the, the last uh, Sunday, and, and they're not actually in here, so it's kind of weird. They're not in here. They're actually super servants serving in Ken. Uh, King, kids kingdom over there uh, but this is the last Sunday uh, for Michael and Stephanie uh, they're going down to San Antonio because they like the Spurs and the Riverwalk um, no I, I think it actually it's because of a job situation so they're going to be moving down there but please take time afterwards to bombard them with hugs and love and even if you don't know them just go up and hug them uh, tell them you're grateful they're leaving won't be weird at all couple of things happening with the singles ministry. We have an incredible singles ministry here. That was awesome. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had the, uh, the Friday Night Live with some incredible performances. Uh, su such a great, talented group we have in this, in this church. Uh, there was thumb wrestling that happened. Uh, Jeff Smith thumb wrestled a little girl. Um, you can ask him about the results. We even had a news crew there filming, so uh, the word about uh, what we're doing is, is happening. It was great because we had the, the campus was there. We even had some, some teens there. And it's cool just uh, continuing to see those transitions from, from campus to singles uh, and even the teens participating. Uh, International Singles Conference is coming up. And the reason I wanted to share that is because, one, there's a little plug here. Please sign up by August 12th. That's when the registration goes up again. Uh, but also just uh, we've had a huge turnout uh, from the Dallas-Fort Worth signing up and going to it. So it's just cool seeing how we're not only connecting locally, but we're trying to keep our connections uh, with our family of churches and grow and be unified in Christ. And today, actually this afternoon in the southwest, uh, God is going to continue to grow the church. There's a, a man named Jonathan who is getting baptized today. So really exciting to seeing what is happening. Now, here in the Northwest, uh, the last couple of weeks, Todd has done a great job uh, with his sermons on the, the Good Samaritan, loving our neighbors, even thinking about Jesus' last words of going and making disciples. And I think an obstacle, though, that we can 
we can run into is having long-term care for God and others, being long-termers. Skylar, uh, our cute little adorable two-and-a-half, 2.5-year-old daughter, she loves snacks. I mean, who doesn't love snacks? Come on. But she was recently in our house, well, actually recently in our house, we had this this package of of scones, and and we tried to, to hide them from me and Skylar, but we tried to hide them. And, and then all of a sudden from the other room, I, I heard uh, Bethany going, you know, how did you, how did you even get into those? And then I see Skylar coming, running, running through the house. She's like, I need this. I need this. I need one. She's got a scone. And, and I slow her down. And I'm like, I don't think you need this. I, I think you want this. And she's like, I want this. <laughs> and I, I think sometimes uh, in, our, in our life, we can get confused between needs and wants. And, and what's long-term and what's short-term. You know, I can leave here and, and be really loving to God, even, even putting a new song together. I mean, I'm still loving God. Or when friendships are going good. Or I can, you know, when I first get to know someone, I can be a great good Samaritan. But I know I, I've come to realize that the more, more and more of my self-centeredness, when I'm going through something that's, that's occupying my bandwidth, or as my wife has been going through cancer, what, you know, what she's been going through this process, and, and I can be called to do, to do more. Oh, I need to do that again this week or, or this month or when just, just someone is not caring back to me you know I can be a short termer well short termer and I can be like I, I need this I want this I don't want to have to figure out the, the long term situation and I want to look at some scriptures that will hopefully motivate us with long term care and to be long termers so let's go ahead and look at Hosea chapter 1. Oh, we're going to dive in here. Oh, old school right here. In chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, son of Beeri, during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the reign of Jeroboam, son of Jehoash, king of Israel. Now, before this gets crazy into it, I'm going to show up a little background slide. You have the, uh, the northern prophet of Hosea, and the kingdom is, is divided in two at this point. This is around 758 to, uh, to 715 B.C.-ish. And you have the kings of Judah. It was probably preserved for the kings of Judah after he had spoken. You, you have Jeroboam listed, and this is Jeroboam II. For those of you who remember Old Testament, this is the sequel. This isn't Jeroboam right after Solomon. And if you're wondering about historical context, this is 2 Kings 14, 23 through 18, 16. Now, if you just like pictures, here's a map for you. You can see the, the kingdom is divided into two, which, which already you got to think that that's, that's not good when it's divided into two. Something bad has happened. And you have the northern Israel and southern Judah. And if you don't like pictures, well, let's just get to the shocking part here. So in verse 2 it says, When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, 
the Lord said to him, Go, marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So he married, I want to say Gomer, because I'm from Georgia, Gomer, uh, daughter of Diblium, and she conceived and bore him a son. Then the Lord said to Hosea, Call him Jezreel, because I will soon punish the house of Jehu for the massacre at Jezreel, and I will put an end to the kingdom of Israel. In that day I will break Israel's bow in the valley of Jezreel. Gomer conceived again and gave birth to a daughter. Then the Lord said to Hosea, Call her Lohuamah, which means not loved. For I will no longer share love, show love to Israel, that, that I should at all forgive them. Yet I will show love to Judah, and I will save them, not by bow, sword, or battle, or by horses and horsemen, but I, the Lord their God, will save them. So after she had weaned Lohuamah, Gomer had another son. Then the Lord said, Call him Loami, which means not my people. For you are not my people, and I am not your God. Yet the Israelites will be like the sand on the seashore, which cannot be measured or counted. In the place where it was said to them, You are not my people, they will be called children of the living God. The people of Judah and the people of Israel will come together. They will appoint one leader and will come up out of the land, for great will be the day of Jezreel. So in Hosea, you have this this theological treasure chest of meanings, of prophecies, of people, of history. I mean, you, you can do some binge reading on some commentaries, books, disappear for a while. Please not right now. But it all comes down to the, the relationship here. With all the other things you can dive into, it all comes down to a relationship between God and man. And the long-term care of God with a not-caring Israel. And God makes his point by asking Hosea to marry Gomer. And I don't think we need to break down the word promiscuous. I think this is an intelligent group. But probably not the top category someone of God would look for in a spouse. Hey, make sure she's a disciple. You know, reads her Bible, prays, gets input, has good character. Oh, and, and make sure she's promiscuous too. Probably not what you're going to look for. I mean, to put this in modern times, imagine God hires a singles intern, go marry this promiscuous woman, and she's going to be adulterous after you marry her. I mean, this is shocking. Now, this isn't the point of the lesson where you're thinking, wow, this God thing sounds really great. But just stick with me here. A couple more hours, I'll finish up. But God is responding and teaching his people. And he's using this example with Hosea. He's got his wife, Gomer, who represents the Israelite people. And the scriptures say, you know, they've been unfaithful to God. But not only does God use Hosea and Gomer, but who else has God used to illustrate his response? He uses his, you said it, his kids, his children. You know, they got the name Jezreel. And that's a lot of historical significance that you can read up on that later and enjoy this week. But Jezreel means God plants. And then you got Lo Ruhamah, no mercy. And then there's Lo Ami, not my people. And God is talking about punishment. 
And that seems a little intense, right? I mean, this whole situation, it's, it's not what you sing about in kids' kingdom. I mean, it's like, you know, it's an intense reaction of what God is doing, of how he's directing, uh, what got to this point of this punishment. Is this even good correction? Is this, is this a good thing that God is doing? I mean, it says that the people are unfaithful, but is it really that bad? Hebrews 11, 1 through 4 says this. Or Hosea 11, 1 through 4. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. The more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to the balls and, and burning offerings to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up by their arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of kindness, with the, the bands of love. And I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws. And I bent down to them and fed them. In Hosea 3.1, it says this, The Lord said to me, Go show your love to your wife again. Though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress, love her as the Lord loves the Israelites. Though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver. And about a omir and a lethic of barley. And then I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man. And I will behave the same way towards you. For the Israelites will live many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred stones, without ephod or household gods. Afterward, the Israelites will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They will come trembling to the Lord and to his blessings in the last days. So, so what do they do? Well, well the scriptures say here, and, and again, I would say it's a treasure chest. There, there's cycles, and it's, it's a very passionate book of God's love for his people. But there's examples here of Israel being like a rebellious child. After God had taken care of them. But, but turning away from God over and over. I mean, just, just look you know, to the, the, the person to your left. And just think about if that person went and started suddenly just burning sacrifices to another God. And this is what God is seeing. You don't think about it too much. But this is what God is seeing. Or you think about like an adulterous wife turned to other gods. These cakes that were involved in fertility rituals. I mean, not just talking about once hundreds of years, an ongoing process of people being unfaithful to God after he had continued to love them and care for them for a long time. And when you start to research and, and see how crazy the people were acting, the, the different times of greed and immorality and just meanness and child sacrifice and just, again, just plain refusal to listen to a loving God. I think a different side of God is revealed. This long-term care, this bigger picture of helping people, of patience. And God uses this illustration of Hosea to, to show the willingness to sacrifice, buying the wife back, forgiving, sticking it out, continuing to take care, just like he would continue to take care of the, the child, pulling the yoke off. You know, one commentary, and I, I didn't get time to 
totally look into it, so I'll have to check it out later to make sure it's totally true. But it talked about comparing the, the meaning of, of love here in the same way that Jesus talks about the befriending love of the Good Samaritan. Going that extra length to care. You know, God has to use this, this crazy, the craziness to get Israel's attention. And we have to remember that God is the creator and he, he knows what is best. And in fact, again, in different parts of the book, God reveals his unloving, unfailing love even while having to discipline Israel for their unfaithful or disobedience. Continuing to try to love at the same time trying to teach and discipline. It's a hard balance. Hosea 2.19 says this, I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you in righteousness and justice, in love and compassion. I will betroth you in faithfulness, and you will acknowledge the Lord. In that day I will respond, declares the Lord. I, I will respond to the skies, and they will respond to the earth. And the earth will respond to the grain, the new wine and the olive oil, and they will respond to Jezreel. I will plant her for myself in the land. I will show my love to the one I called not my loved one. I will say to these, to those called not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. Again, God is trying to bring it back to a healthy relationship. One in which he is the savior and, and provider and his, his people are appreciative and, and with him. And they're together sticking it out. Not just God sticking it out, but both sticking it out with one another. You are my God. And I think that we aren't so different from the Israelites. Maybe some of us haven't done the, the outrageous outward actions that they, uh, that they did. If you did, that's a, that's a George or a Shade conversation. Go talk to them. <laughs> but we can be short-termers. You know, at times, giving short-term care to God, to others, choosing our own gods of self-centeredness, impatience, lack of gratitude, materialism. And I do appreciate how this church, I mean, it was amazing, the special contribution that we gave. So much money to help out people in other places. But in our culture, there's such a temptation to go for materialism. I want this. Just presenting part of a story. Video games. Netflix. Last night, our, our neighbors were having a random loud party. You know, usually they're the very quiet and easy to love neighbors. They usually give us things when we, when we want. Um, but last night, they got some music going. And there was some yelling late at night. You know, and I'm not wanting to be disturbed after a long, hot day. And I'm getting anxious about a lack of sleep. And I'm trying to have a loving thoughts towards my neighbors. You know, and the, and the music kind of starts sounding like it's the same three notes. Dun, 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 dun. And you're like... And then I'm trying to get Skylar to go to sleep. Please. Dun, 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 dun. 
You know, and then she starts looking at me, and she's, she goes, uh, what does she sing? She goes, these are the people in your neighborhood. <laughs> like, how does, how does she even know that? She's got this big smile. She's like, da, da, da. You know, she's, just, she's loving the neighbors. She's having a good time. I'm a short-termer. The name Hosea, it means salvation or deliverer. And he rescued his wife. He loved her. He gave himself up for her. He took care of her. He cleansed her. And he just loved her. For us, you know, God's people, his church, God has had his long-term care plan of of Jesus, the Son of God. He's our salvation, our Savior, our protector, our rescuer, our Lord. He is mighty to save. In Ephesians 5, 25-26, it says this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. Jesus lived the, the perfect life of other-centeredness so we could be delivered from being short-termers. Our self-centeredness. He gave himself up for us on the cross so we can be cleansed from our sin. You know, submitting to His Lordship in, in all areas of our, our self-focused lives guides us to being long-termers, holy. And because of Jesus, this is how we can live. In 1 Peter 2, 9-10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You know, Jesus dying on the cross for our self-centeredness, he brought us back from being lo ruhama, no mercy, and lo ami, not a people. And he has planted the Holy Spirit in us, John 14, 17. And the fruit of the Spirit, Ephesians 5, 22, is, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He plants within us the Spirit to produce fruit of long-term care. Self-control, not self-centeredness. Patience, faithfulness, love. He plants us within His church, 1 Corinthians 12, to give us relationships, to, to sharpen us, to, to last more than a short-termer. And looking at this Scripture, 
there's three brief ways that I want to talk about that we can more specifically live now in light of what Jesus has done for us and helped us to be long-termers. First one is holy people. We can be holy people. You know, and there's a lot of different ways of being holy. Calling people up to pray, to connect with God, to thinking about His radiance, His majesty. When I first became a disciple, I, I learned about holiness with my humor, or, or really my humor that wasn't holy. Thought about with my, my words, with purity, with avoiding internet or, or, or certain kind of shows. I mean, I, I remember sitting in a movie theater and, and thinking about lowering my eyes. That was a new thing. I never really, and then you're kind of looking around at everybody else. Is this what we're doing? Is this, you know, it, it's kind of awkward, but you're trying not to see. And then you learn just not to go to certain movies, uh, but just avoiding shows with innuendos. And now I think even, you know, with being married to my, to my beautiful wife, now trying to, uh, to lead her and protect my family, my wife lead her in holiness, my daughter trying to, uh, to t- teach her. And, and obviously as she grows up, as many of you have kids, you, you have to learn to do these, these appropriate talks about holiness. And we're called to, to pass on to our kids what we've learned as holy people. You know, a second way is mercy. Mercy. People received mercy. That's what the scripture said. You know, we when we receive all this mercy, we have to be filled with mercy. We are mercy full. You know, asking the people around us, how can I help? How can I help you? How can I extend mercy to your life? And I feel like so many people have done that to us lately, and, and we really appreciate it. But it takes not having an attitude in our hearts, right? To be able to extend that mercy and remembering what God has done for us and how much mercy is He has extended to us. We had a couples Devo, uh, just, actually just yesterday, and uh, we have these like every other month. We have the different couples, the dating couples come over, and, and besides talking about holiness and glorifying God in relationships. And we have, we have great couples. We have some great dating couples. They go on these group dates. They look out for others. They watch out for each other's purity. They get input on their lives. But the main thing we talked about was conversation killers and builders and how not to be a killer. Whether our words, our body language. And, and, and it sounds like most of them are doing good, but we each shared uh, one killer. There's this time of vulnerability about how each of us shared about one thing we do to kind of kill communication and not let it keep going. And I thought about how I can kill and, and not build with, with my interactions by either, by either stonewalling and, and not communicating certain words or, or by exploding. And usually this comes from an attitude of not being merciful and not being loving towards my wife. And I don't want to be a killer. I want to be a builder. And I appreciate Todd and Patty and our times with them where we've been able to talk through our relationship and be able to grow. But I think about with Jesus, with Jesus, I can be a builder. Because of his mercy, because of what he's extended to me, I can now extend mercy and help others. I think about the third way, praising God. Do people you work with or 
or live near, do they know you know God? In good times and in bad times? You know, one of the ways long-termer is used is, is with prison terms. You know, and when we're captured by this world, all we can think about is the things in this world. Life can get negative. It can feel like a, a prison. And we're just going around saying, I, I want this. And it never really gets us what we want. But when we're praising God, we get to look towards the, the great long-termer who has captured us for his glory and for our benefit. You know, for me, uh, sometimes I can just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get somewhere. You know, there's so many things going on. Okay, I'm just, I'm trying to get somewhere. I'm trying to help my wife get there. I'm trying to get my, my child there as well. Obviously, I'm not carrying both of them like this. That'd be, that'd be a little difficult, but that's what it feels like. It was like, oh, let's just try to get there and just try to be there and, and, and let's just try to get through this. But, but Jesus called us out of the darkness for more than that. And as we've seen the, the different doctors we've been able to share about, about God and what he's doing for us, we've been able to share about you and your support for us. And they've just been blown away. And Bethany's been able to write thank you cards to the doctors. She's really good at that. And then the Irving girls, they, they made these big card scrapbook things with, with, with scriptures on it. And we've been able to, you know, we put them up in the hospital at different times. And just, it just has helped us to praise God, to look up at Him and be a great reminder that we are in the light. Jonathan, who's being baptized today, was just in a meeting with a campus brother who decided to open his mouth and share about God. You know, for some, it's a big, it's a big yell of praise, right? Some of us, we might be like, woohoo! Yeah, I'm high flying. I'm excited. Here we go. For others, it might be more of just a, oh, praise God. Oh, praise God, we're here. Praise God, I made it to church. Amen. Praise God. Praise God, I'm at, I'm at work. I have a job. Woo, praise God. Praise God for the kingdom. I have some friends. Oh, praise God. Whew. I'm going to school. I, oh, man, I got, I got this exam. Well, I, I know some of the answers. Praise God. Good. He's giving me some insight here. Praise God. You know, as we go into communion, Hosea 2.23 says this. I will plant her for myself in the land. I will show my love to the one I called not my loved one. I will say to those called not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. You know, thinking back on Hosea's story, and although it's incredibly shocking, when you get to read through it, it's, it's inspiring to see God living beyond the moment. God being not, not a short-termer God, but He's a long-termer for His people, for us. His desire to continue to call us back to being His people. And through Jesus, we can be with Him. Let's pray. 
Father, thank you for your scriptures. Thank you for your word. Thank you that there's so much in the Bible that we can we can dive into and think about and be inspired by. Thank you that there is a, a bigger picture of your love for us. You didn't just try to love us once, but you, you continue to love us. Thank you for your example of Jesus and his love and how he lived a, a sinless life over and over again so that, that he could die for us, so that we could be with you. As we take this bread and this cup, Help us to remember your love. Help us to be filled with, with your holiness, your, uh, your mercy. Help us to feel being a special possession by you. And help us to be able to give that to others this week. In Christ's name, amen.